Hi, everyone, and welcome to the SRHM podcast. My name is Nina Sun, and I am an associate editor for the SRHM Journal. In today's episode, Dr. Antika Manohar, a practicing OBGYN from India, interviews her friend and colleague, Dr. Nusrath Jahan, a Master of Public Health Research Scholar from India. Some of you might already be familiar with Nusrath's work. Her latest commentary, titled Bleeding During a Pandemic, The Politics of Menstruation, was published in the SRHM Journal last August. In her article, Nusrath documents the effects of COVID-19 on menstrual health in Chennai, the capital city of the state of Tamil Nadu in the southern part of India. She explains that COVID-19 poses a disproportionate health risk to women of reproductive age in these settlements due to a combination of factors including economic, environmental, and socio-political influences. In their conversation, Antika and Nusrath discuss the ongoing effects of the pandemic on menstrual health as well as the link between access to safe water and menstrual hygiene. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to the SRHM podcast. I'm Dr. Ankita, a practicing OBGYN from India, and I'm going to be your host for today. I'm in conversation with Dr. Nusrat, who's a Master of Public Health Scholar at the National Institute of Epidemiology in Tamil Nadu, India. I'm privileged to be the host for this episode, which is about Nusrat's paper in the SRHM journal, which is titled Bleeding During the Pandemic, the Politics of Menstruation. Nusrat's study is actually based on her field work with the women in the slums of Chennai, which is the capital city of Tamil Nadu, the southernmost part of India. Nusrat was actually my roommate in college, and we've lived med-school life in a low menstrual hygiene situation with limited access to what is known as WASH, that is water and sanitation and hygiene resources in the context of menstrual hygiene. And we've spent close to six years being in the midst of the very women Nusrat has studied in her study. On to Nusrat for a brief about the population she studied. Yeah, hi, Ankita. I'm really glad to be having this conversation with you today. It's been nearly eight years since we last met, I believe. My recent work was on documenting the effect of COVID pandemic on menstrual health of women and girls residing in urban slums. As you mentioned, Chennai is the capital city of our state with almost 7 million people. And people residing in urban slums constitute 29% of Chennai's population, half of which are females. I observed that COVID-19 poses a disproportionate health risk to women of reproductive age in these settlements due to economic and sociopolitical inequalities. These women and girls in the population have been denied of their right to access safe water and in turn their right to menstrual health. Why do you think these women are denied equitable access to water? And how does this uh, denied equitable access to water become a women's health and ultimately a women's rights issue? From what I saw, although both men and women in these settlements are equally exposed to risk factors and all of these populations are deprived from access to water, The secondary impact of the pandemic are disproportionately borne by the girls, the thousands of girls and women who reside here, who are already marginalized. That is when crisis strikes, the existing vulnerabilities get exaggerated. 
cramped space and having to stay indoors all day due to lockdown have meant that the privacy needed for dignity during their menstrual period is lost shared mm-hmm. toilets are scary to use but that's the only place available for most of them to take care of their sanitary needs mm-hmm. this is how the right to menstrual hygiene and dignity is affected by the denial or neglect of their right to equitable access to safe water in addition the closure of shops and shutdown of transport means less availability and accessibility to the menstrual hygiene provisions now that you are saying menstrual hygiene of provisions what was the main source of pads or whatever other menstrual absorbents for the women whom you interviewed i don't know if you remember on more than one occasion when we were interns we've had to use gauze or cotton from the wards as pads till we go back to our hostels and change into actual sanitary napkins yes from what i discussed with them it's absorbable pads like they show in tv ads with pores on them that is how they describe it in tamil nadu sanitary pads were distributed at schools with the help of field staff involved in school health program the health facilities that is the phcs and community health centers that is a primary health center i mean they serve as mm-hmm. depots for the sanitary napkins and also to treat menstrual problems and disorders with mm-hmm. covid-19 and the schools shut down the access to hygienic provisions was compromised although pharmacies remain open availability does not automatically translate to affordability as families financial difficulties during lockdown made these basic provisions unaffordable the um, adolescent health clinics that were intended to be safe spaces for adolescents to seek sexual and reproductive health care were running lean already and have now been shut down completely mm-hmm. and now that you mention about our college days i do vividly remember those ordeals i was highly inconvenient yes there have been days when i used gauze and cloth from ward my colleagues of course gave me the idea for they themselves have used that Yeah. but i always have this doubt how are things outside the public sector set up now how are things at private practice what are your observations on menstrual health and hygiene these days is it something different from our days i know we are not <laughs> that old but it's a good time space like nearly a decade so there is a lot of stigma surrounding menstruation itself for example right from puberty mothers actually tell their teenage daughters that menstrual blood is unclean Mm-hmm. and that you should get it out of your body no matter how much the bleeding is so yeah. when a lot of girls have puberty menorrhagia they don't seek medical help instead they just bleed it all out and they ultimately end up with anemia and mm-hmm. you know this is just one bit of the story another thing is that as of now sustainable menstruation hasn't penetrated the rural areas and the urban slums where most of india's women actually live that's because there are no proper wash resources there's no proper water there's no proper sanitation or hygiene and so india isn't actually ready for a large scale implementation of sustainable menstruation but isn't our state among the best in the country for government provided healthcare facilities especially for maternal health indicators we have really good maternal health indicators how do you think covid is exacerbating all the problems in the healthcare system yeah this covid has demonstrated how public health emergencies expose the fragility of the health system 
neglecting important and essential components can have manifold implications right so firstly it risks the lives of marginalized population these could be increased reproductive tract infections urinary tract infections or as you mentioned anemia restricted food and liquid intake gender based violence poor mental health etc secondly if these high risk populations do not have necessary information and means to access food water medicine and basic hygiene requirements we cannot expect them to quarantine or isolate themselves or follow behavioral and public health interventions which are imposed on them to manage the pandemic and yeah. finally with increased domestic responsibilities that lesson girls and working women may experience deteriorations in their health directly as well as indirectly from the burdens of this extra work like fetching water yeah. the price of water from private tankers has also been exorbitantly high during the pandemic due to lockdown and other mortality issues so the girls and women in these water insecure areas faced narrow choices and inability to exercise their agency in prioritizing health over other basics like fetching water in addition to all of this compromises in menstrual hygiene could reflect in educational attainment and employment with these two factors already hampered by lockdown thus even during health emergencies like a pandemic governments should still provide healthcare services and alter the conditions that create exacerbate and perpetuate the poverty deprivation marginalization and discrimination right so i wonder how all this affects women in the long run and of course we have already hit the second spike in covid cases what do you think about quarantine rules advised by you epidemiologists it makes menstrual health and hygiene almost impossible for these women right yes we are in the midst of the second wave here in india schools are instructed to close again and colleges too i think we need to de-link the bad distribution from school health or at least not make it the sole point of distribution you know also in school health program we should go beyond bad distribution and talk about menstrual myths and superstitious beliefs yeah i totally agree because i studied in a boarding school where most of the girls were from upper middle class families and many of them believed that they need to take a head bath as soon as they get their period because menstrual blood makes them impure many of them used to avoid visiting the chapel or any yeah. religious places mm. when they get their period mm. exactly also this information education communication on menstrual hygiene is needed on the use of cloths and cups but do they have what is needed to shift to the sustainable materials you did uh, talk about this no we don't think so so long as we don't address the water issues i strongly believe that it's a far fetched dream for indian women obviously sustainable menstruation is not sustainable in india right now so what's actually mm-hmm. the way forward nusrat as a public health scholar what are the reforms you would suggest towards menstrual health and hygiene for the women in these low income settings so according to me the right to dignity and menstrual hygiene is intertwined with the right to access clean safe water uh, for this purpose equitable access to water should be ensured by the government for vulnerable and marginalized communities water is often viewed as a technical field you know usually dominated by men and they tend to offer technical solutions to water related problems that is why i think that adopting a rights based approach for access to water and sanitation will challenge the structural discrimination that women face 
not only within the health system, but also it has an impact outside in their public and private lives. And we need to complement this evidence-based approach which, with rights-based approach so that we make strong decisions based on the best available research evidence that situates these women's preferences in local context. Yeah, what are the solutions you would suggest in the immediate future? In the immediate future, firstly, the government should map the water insecure areas and attend to water demands by arranging tankers and alternative source of water. Secondly, as I mentioned in the paper, lockdown has meant significant loss of livelihoods disproportionately affecting the high-risk groups. So government could take steps to ease the financial burdens by subsidizing or waiving water bills during the pandemic. Thirdly, as I mentioned already, schools remain closed and with hospitals becoming hotspots of infection, the sanitary requirements for this vulnerable population need to be distributed at their doorstep with healthcare workers burdened by COVID-19, contact tracing, testing, isolation and treatment activities across the country. We need to find people from other sections of the community to take over this door-to-door services. What I can say in Tamil Nadu's context, our state context, the NGOs and volunteers who are already visiting houses for mask distribution can be utilized for this purpose. This can help address their period poverty to a great extent. Government and NGOs could also take steps to inform the people about preparation of safe and healthy sanitary materials locally or at home so that they do not have to depend on external support. This is a very important intervention from my opinion. Nevertheless, observations and inferences need to be supported and validated by rigorous epidemiological evidence. We need to scrutinize these concerns comprehensively to understand who is really at a disadvantage and who is not. And uh, document whether this observed disparity, if the disparity actually makes a difference. For this reason, we need to decide and conduct rigorous epidemiological studies to document the effect of right-based interventions. Yeah, so basically, according to you, you're suggesting a three-step approach. First, the government should map wherever water isn't available. Second, mm-hmm. government should try and pay water bills of these people. And third one, the distribution system should be changed from the healthcare facilities and women should be made aware of the alternatives to these sanitary napkins. So that's what you're telling as an epidemiologist. So we thank SRHM for this opportunity to record this podcast. I'm really glad we had this opportunity to discuss this issue today. I also thank the journal because this is like, I, I get to recount the story behind the paper. I think this podcast complements the paper and puts spotlight on the issue and at the right time as well. We are looking at a second wave here in India. So yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Thank you to Dr. Nusrath Jahan and Dr. Ankita Manohar for recording this insightful conversation. To read Dr. Nusrath Jahan's article, visit srhm.org. All articles are available online at no cost. In addition, we will be publishing two very interesting articles on the topic of menstrual health in the coming weeks. The first one is entitled Menstrual Health, a Definition for Policy, Practice, and Research by Therese Mahone, and the second one is entitled Schoolwork Absenteeism Due to Menstruation in Three West African Countries, Findings from PMA 2020 Surveys by Julie Hennigan. 
Follow SRHM Journal on social media or sign up for our newsletter to receive notifications for new research. The SRHM podcast was produced by Alex Bremshi. The music was composed by Tiber Christian and Shalamon Botond. Thanks for listening. <laughs>